Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. This morning as we get ready to go into the Word of God, I want to encourage you to open your Bibles to the book of John in the New Testament. And as you're turning there, let me say this morning how honored, uh, what a great weekend we have had. I want to give honor today to Pastor Bev, our First Lady, who celebrated her birthday on Friday. We honor her. And she, uh, she tries to slip under the radar, and when I try to plan something, she's very dismissive of that. But, you know, I don't care how much you say you don't want to be surprised. Um, I think somewhere down in all of us, we like a good little surprise. And she is a, I want to brag on her because she has a big job and a big responsibility. When God called her into the ministry and called us together to serve in ministry together, a lot of times people uh, will look at, at me and don't realize the reason I'm strong is because she's strong. And she is pastoring me. And when I'm down, she lifts me up. She prays for me. She speaks encouragement to me. She tells me what I don't want to hear. She tells me what I want to hear. She knows how to lift me up and encourage me. And, you know, every minister and every person is different. And what I love about Pastor Bev is she's graceful and she's uh, solid. She's consistent. She's a giving person. She doesn't draw a lot of attention to herself, but I've seen her cast devils out of people. I'm going to tell you something. She is a warrior and she prays for you and she stands with me and together we pastor this church and I want to give honor today to our first lady for her birthday <laughs> I want you to join me in singing happy birthday to our first lady I'm going to start us off are you ready for Pastor Ben. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Bev. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Amen. What a blessing she is. I... I asked her what she wanted, and uh, she tries not to tell me what she wants. And so I went over to the perfume store, and wouldn't you know it, they stopped selling the perfume she wears. I said, what am I going to do? Have you ever been there? And, uh, but I'm, I guess I'm at a point now where I say, um, I need you to text me what you want. <laughs> Because how many know ladies have a certain style and flavor? And uh, so I was able to find a wonderful gift for her and, and give that to her. But it's just small in comparison to all that she is to me and all that she is to this church. And um, I'd appreciate you, honey. Love you and thank you for standing in the ministry and preaching the gospel. And let's laboring together for the Lord. Plus, she's about to be another grandmother again, another Mimi. 
So our whole house has just turned into a child's playground. Amen. Everything. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to, I want to speak on a subject this morning that I've never really kind of came from this angle before, but something that I feel like has been dropped in my spirit. The last several weeks I have been, I have dug into the Word of God. I've stayed in a prayer mode. Yesterday, most of the day was spent uh, just in study and prayer and getting my heart to have a word for you. Praying for those that are in the hospital, praying for our senior saints that are not able to be with us today, some that are dealing with physical conditions and illnesses, and praying for marriages, praying for families who have children that they're believing God to, to, to bring home, praying for people's finances, for God to undertake in areas of their life, uh, praying, uh, just specifically praying for uh, the, the children of our church and those kids that are at home or in school or learning at home or learning in school and, and all of the challenges that mommies and daddies have and trying to do this, praying for teachers who are dealing with chart, uncharted territory, you know, and praying for our community. And God has put us here for a season and for a time. One of the things that I have learned to do in ministry as a pastor. It's not only my responsibility to equip you according to Ephesians 4 and 12 for the work of the ministry, but it is also, I feel, my responsibility to warn you and to fight off every attack that is potentially coming against you. And sometimes I feel like I'm in war, war mode all the time. Uh, putting out fires or fighting devils. And then there are seasons where I enter into a, a settled peace and, 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 I, and I begin to see God undertake and bring increase in areas. But usually before we walk into success, we have to deal with struggle. And there are areas that God is trying to move us into in our life. I don't want to look back over the, my shoulder and say that I've repeated bad patterns and habits for the last 10, 15 years. I don't want to look back and say even the last year that I did not grow. I want to grow. If you want to grow, look at your neighbor and say, I want to grow. I want to be more than I am. And God began to speak to me. Uh, specifically about some things out of John chapter 8. And if the Lord would help me, I would title this message, Don't Run With They and Them. Tell somebody, don't run with they and them. In John chapter 8, starting in verse 1, the Bible teaches us that Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery and they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him 
into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I pray, I pray that you would open our heart to hear a word and be a doer of a word. Do a work in us so you can do a work through us. As we expound on this passage today, let it be revelation, instruction, direction for the people of God. For those that have an ear to hear, that the word of God come quickly into our conscience. That we may know what you are saying to the church. Not only to the church, but to our family. God, we thank you. And we say yes to your will and to your way. And the church will say amen. amen. Turn your neighbor and tell them don't run with they and them. The Bible said that, they, that she was caught in the act of adultery. And all these people said she's caught in the very act of adultery. Now I want you to know I'm a grown man. I know what adultery is. They didn't say we heard about it. They said we are witnesses of the fact of the act. And I wondered to myself as I was studying this passage, how many people act like they know something to be truth, but really they weren't there and they didn't see it for themselves. They are just repeating what someone else told them. Today, we would call that fake news. And before we laugh and while we laugh, every one of you that are listening today have had someone say fake news about you. Can you say amen? In fact, some people have come to me and tried to throw you under the bus. But I don't listen to garbage. I follow what Matthew 18 says. If you have an issue with so-and-so, then you're to go to so-and-so alone and talk to so-and-so. Elbow somebody and say, talk to so-and-so. Quit talking to me. The Bible said in Matthew 18 to go to them. That if I have aught with my brother, then I'm not to get on Facebook. I'm not to find three prayer partners so I can vent because I just need somebody to talk to but I'm to go directly to them 
and talk to them about the ought that is between us. Yeah, yeah, I'm preaching better than you're amening. Because we struggle with this area because we don't know how to resolve conflict. And we'll go for years with unresolved conflict in our family and unresolved conflict in our circle of friends and unresolved conflict at work. We're mad because someone stole grandma's recipe. She says she was going to give it to me. How'd you end up with it? Showed up here at the reunion trying to make grandma's uh, dish. You know I was supposed to have that recipe. You know she left me that curio cabinet. And we hold grudges against folk. And we'll hold all of that in us. Instead of call, talking to the person that has offended us or talking to the person that we suppose there's some type of ought, instead of talking to so-and-so, we're talking to them and they. They and them. And the Bible teaches us that the pattern is to go to somebody directly. If you have an ought with them, don't tell your mama, don't tell your crazy cousin, but go directly to the person and say, listen, I just want to talk to you. There's something that may be between us. There may be something that needs to be settled. I don't know what it is. And if I'm wrong and I admit to it, uh, I'll admit to it and we'll, we will deal with this so that we can continue to move forward because God wants us to live in harmony together. Well, it's a, an amen I need to hear out there. I want you to understand that God calls us to live in peace and in harmony. And I grow weary with immature people who won't follow the scripture, but rather try to gain an audience because of their perceived offense. You can say amen right there. The Bible said that she was caught in the very act of adultery, and they said, we're all witnesses of it. And I thought to myself, were you all in the room with her? Were you all there when it was all going down? Were you there in the room? They said, we're all witnesses to it. This is why I'm trying to tell you that some people act like it's the truth and they don't even know the facts. Are you here? They act like they were part of it, but they only heard somebody else talk about it. So here's what happens. They all rush to find Jesus and they interrupt his service to tell on someone. They rush to find Jesus. They, they interrupt his teaching. They interrupt his business. They interrupt his flow so they can tell on someone. What are you going to do about it, Jesus? How are you going to handle this woman, Jesus? Of course, there's no mention of the man who was also committing adultery. I mean, if we're going to be just, if we're going to execute justice, why do we have one standard for the women and another standard for the men? Y'all don't want me to stir this nest today. She was apprehended by the mob. The mob snatched her up and released him. Mm -hmm. We release the man because we say boys will be boys. But we'll consider the woman a whore. Life isn't always fair. 
It's unfair when two people do the same thing, but one is held to a different standard than the other. And they have the nerve to break into Jesus' session, interrupt him, and say, what are you going to do about it, Jesus? And I wrote this down that this is what scares me about people because I would rather fall into the hands of God than to fall into the hands of people because at least God has mercy because once people decide that they're gonna stone you, they seldom will turn back once they've decided they don't like you. Come on now. So whoever caught her in the act and snatched her out, all of a sudden the mob is building and all the people begin to make their way to where Jesus is in the temple and it turns into quite a mob scene on the street. And I I wondered when I was preparing this message, is there anybody else in here that can relate to being attacked by a mob? You can relate to having somebody say something about you that is not true. People attacking you. You don't even know why they're attacking you. You just look around and, and you've got a whole gang of people to fight and they don't even have all the facts. My God, you you see, the hard thing about me being me as your pastor is sometimes I will have facts because I know the inside story, but I can't defend myself because if I defend myself, I have to divulge classified information. So my integrity necessitates my silence. When the mob begins to speak on Facebook, when the mob speaks on Instagram, when the mob speaks in the parking lot when the mob speaks on the phone and on and on and on I have to be disciplined enough to hold my peace because if I lose my integrity I may win the fight you want to hear me but if I lose my integrity listen we don't even nobody will win touch your neighbor and tell them do not run with they and them Where the mob made their mistake is that they brought her to Jesus. Come on, somebody. If they wanted to be successful, they would have just stoned her where they found her. But they and them got together. Who is they and them? The Bible said it was the scribes and the Pharisees. And they and them got together and they decided to bring her to Jesus. Somebody say, bring me to Jesus. They brought her to Jesus, and I wanna encourage you to hear this. If I want God, I wanna be brought to Jesus. If there's anything in my life, bring me to Jesus. <laughs> if there's anything in your life, somebody ought to take you to Jesus. Don't just bring me to church, but bring me to Jesus. I'm concerned today because a lot of people today don't know the difference between church and Jesus. They think conversion is coming to church. They came to church, but they never came to Jesus. 
so they never really have a real relationship with Jesus. They just have an experience with they and them, my God. If you have a real relationship with Jesus, you'll want to be in the church every time the doors are open. But there's more to church. There has to be Jesus. Don't just bring me to church so I can shout on the right beat, say amen in all the right places, speak in tongues, shout, run the aisles, prophesy, and then go home and turn back into the beast of revelation who can't get along with my wife, can't get along with my children, go to work with a bad attitude. Nobody wants to help me here. Oh no, don't just bring me to church, bring me to Jesus. I need a relationship with somebody that's greater than religion. A lot of people say I tried church and it didn't work for me, but did you try Jesus? Because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the only hope for a sin sick world. How can I tell you that Trump is not the answer? Biden is not the answer. The White House is not the answer. The only thing that is the answer is Jesus Christ, him crucified and him risen again and coming in glory. I wish I had somebody who would step over their political assistance and say, I need Jesus. I need him more than church. I need him more than a religion. I gotta have Jesus. This woman is laying naked on the floor, clothes ripped and shredded apart, covering herself the best that she can, humiliated, disgraced, scandalized by self-righteous, ignorant people. She knows that at any moment the rocks are going to start coming, sailing towards her head. She is not oblivious to the fact that the custom of the times allows for her to be stoned because the law condemned her to be stoned. Can you imagine being stoned? Can you imagine people throwing stones at you? lacerating your skin and your flesh, blood coming down out of your forehead until they finally knock you down unconscious and continue to throw rocks on you until you cannot be seen anymore because you are covered by the rocks. Oh, can I tell you that rumors are rocks? Rumors are rocks. And if enough people throw them after a while, they can't see you anymore. All they can see is what they heard about you. And every time you spread the rumor, you have joined the mob. Every time you retweet it, every time you repost it, every time you retexted, you have joined the mob. The Bible said that they brought her to Jesus because the law condemned her to be stoned. If Jesus says no, then he has not respected the law and we are still up under the law by the time we're reading this passage in the gospels. We can't be under grace because the New Testament cannot be enforced until the testator dies. My 
my God. And the testator's not dead yet, so we can't have a new covenant until the testator dies. So once again, the enemy is trying to trap God, using God against himself. Oh, I wish I had time to unpack all of this, but this is not a new trick. This is an old trick that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden where Satan takes Eve and he gets Eve to partake in the fruit and then to give the fruit to her husband Adam. And now what God hates and what God loves becomes fused together. If he saves what he loves, he saves what he hates. If he hates what he hates, he'll hate what he loves. Can I preach to somebody in this room? Salvation has always been the dilemma that God has dealt with. And when they brought her to Jesus, they said, they said, what sayest thou? What do you have to say about this Jesus? And you know what I love about the response, Brother Bruce, of our Lord? It's so cool to me is that he doesn't say nothing. My God, we have a tendency of running our mouth. We have a tendency to put our opinion on everything. We have a put, we put everybody on blast. We tell everybody off. Come on now. We're here quickly to tell what we don't like. And I don't like this. And I don't like that and I don't like that I just want to say I feel the spirit of slap come on me I wish you would hush you don't have to say everything the Bible said they said what do you say Jesus and the Bible said that he said nothing he didn't say anything instead the Bible said that he just stooped down and started writing in the dirt you know what I thought was so amazing about this passage of scripture is the power of this text is not in the words of the text but the power of the text is in the silence of the master Jesus went quiet on them Jesus went silent on them it is is his refusal to play their game. It is his courage to be different. It is his ability to be an individual and not succumb to the request of the mob. It is his ability to stand apart from the rest and dare to be different in the face of criticism. I'm preaching to somebody today. It is his silence that screams the loudest at me and sometimes the best thing you can can say to your enemy is nothing at all. His silence speaks to me, but his stooping down blows my mind. Because if you think his silence is powerful, his stooping down is even more powerful because I need a God that can stoop. He stooped down to something that couldn't come up. He stooping says to me how far God is willing to go to get me. That when I couldn't get to him, he came down to me and he stooped down to where I was. I want to thank him this morning for being the kind of God that'll get his hands dirty 
when he stoops down for me. You're surrounded by all these holy people, but you're God still willing to get his hands dirty for you. You're surrounded by all these righteous people, but Jesus got down and stooped into the ground and got his hands in the dirt. Do you know that's how I got saved? I'd like to testify this morning. I got saved because he stooped down. He stooped down from eternity to time. He stooped down from the celestial to the terrestrial. He stooped down from the angels to be born in a manger. He stooped down from his omniscience and his omnipresence to be a man wrapped in a house of clay. God stooped down and gave us a gospel story. That's why anybody and everybody who's ever been in adultery, who's ever been in sin, who's ever been high or been drunk or ever done something indecent, that's why you ought to be shouting this morning. You ought to shout because even when you're not serving God, he was not afraid to stoop down and pick you up out of your sin. I wish I had 10 people that would remember where God brought you from when he stooped down and picked you up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Woo. His silence was one thing, but his stooping was quite another. So Jesus, he didn't break the law. He didn't tell them the law's no good. He didn't say the law was right. He didn't say the law was abolished or the law was over. He being the testator had not yet died. He just added an addendum to the law. Because Moses' law said, for this sin, drag them out and stone them to death. Jesus didn't say anything about the law. He added an addendum and said, go ahead. He that's without sin, throw the first one. Did you hear the addendum? He said, go ahead. He who is without sin, cast the first stone. And there's an important thing here because if you stop the first one, you stop all of them. Yes. So he put the stipulation on the first one. And he said, he that's without sin among you cast the first stone. Because if you can get the first one, you can get the second one. He didn't put a stipulation on the second or third. He only put the stipulation on the first. So if you stop it at the first, you don't even have to deal with the second or the third. He said, he that is without fault among you, 
let him cast the first stone. And then it gets good. And then it gets real good. Because here's what leaped out at me about this passage. One thing that leaps out at me in this passage is that they had already convicted her without a trial. And they brought her up under condemnation. They convicted her with no trial and condemned her to death. She was to be stoned to death. They already had it all figured out. They were the judge, they were the jury, and they were passing out her, her, her sentence of death. But here's what got me, that they brought the condemned woman to Jesus in whom there is no condemnation. And I was reading this, they brought the condemned, <laughs> they're bringing condemnation to no condemnation. They made a mistake. Oh my, my. When they, you made a mistake when you thought you were telling on somebody. You made a mistake when you were running your mouth about somebody. <laughs> because the first thing you made a mistake is thinking that you could tattle on them to Jesus. And the Bible said that they brought the condemned woman to the one who had no condemnation in him. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. That through him the world might have life and have it more abundantly. I wish I had somebody that would preach with me in this morning. They came to condemn. They came to kill. They came to steal. They came to destroy. Sound like anybody you know. And that's what they came to do but he came that you might have life and when Jesus stood up he looked back at him and said he that's without fault he that's without sin among you cast the first stone and they didn't even wait he didn't even wait for them to respond he just stooped down again and acted like he was ignoring them because once you plant a seed you gotta give it time to work you gotta let them think about it. And the Bible says the next two words I'm going to use is they were convicted. Oh yes they were because they were convicted while he was riding in the dirt because he made them stop and think when he told them which one of you is without sin then you be the first one to cast the stone. They had to stop what they were doing and they had to begin to think. The difference between intelligence and ignorance is thinking when you can think about it the one thing that the mob wants you to do is not think for yourself they want you to follow but they don't want you to think they don't want you to think they want you to obey but they don't want you to think and Jesus gave them time to think he said whoever among you is without sin cast the first stone and somewhere in their mind, they begin remembering. I don't care how old or how young you are today. I can understand young people being quick to judge someone 
because they haven't lived long enough to see enough failure not to be critical and judgmental. They think they know everything. But there's no way you're going to get to this gray and not have done something stupid in your life. I wish everybody in this room over 50 would make some noise in this house. You don't make it to this age without doing something dumb. Don't act self-righteous in here. You may have not done what so-and-so did, but you did some things you'd be embarrassed if we put it on Facebook. See, that's what I don't understand about church people. How quickly we forget the same mercy that you needed. You don't want to talk to me here. The same mercy that you needed, the same grace that you needed, the same mercy that you needed for your child, I need it for my child, the same grace you needed for your life. You can get caught up in a mob and forget that it's easy to run with they and them. That's why I don't listen to everything people tell me. I used to have this lady in the church. She'd always come and say, Pastor, everybody's talking. And I was so immature, I'd say, oh my goodness, what are they saying? You gotta be kidding me. Oh Lord. And I'd have a nervous breakdown and a fit and I'd be going to prayer. Oh God, I don't want people to talk. <laughs> God. And I finally wised up. And when she came and said, Pastor, everybody's talking. I said, who? Well, you know, I can't say. <laughs> what do you mean you can't say? Well, you know, they came to me in confidence. You're not a prayer partner. You a gossip. You a nasty-mouthed gossip. Foul mouth. Dirty lips. Wretched tongue. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Raggedy. See the people that ain't laughing? They're guilty. Come on, smile at me. Make it easier to preach. Finally, I said, well, who? She said, well, I can't say. I said, then you shouldn't be telling me. Come to find out it was her and his other sister. But she'd say, everybody's talking, Pastor. The Lord showed me it was her. When people get around you that have been talking about you, they won't look you in the eye. When people have been talking about you, they walk around like this. Like they're afraid they're going to get their tail run over by a rocking chair. And a... Everybody has a they in them. Come on. Everyone has a they in them. Rich folks have a they in them. Poor folks have a they in them. Hip-hop artists have a they in them. Preachers have a they in them. Doctors have a they in them. Lawyers have a they in them. Everybody has a they in them. White folks have a they in them. Black folks have a they in them. Brown folks have a they in them. 
Yellow folk have a they and them. Red folk have a they and them. I'm almost your color. Everybody has got a they and them. But you got to be careful because they and them will run you into destruction. They and them is the mob. They and them... (laughs) They don't listen to reason. They just get in a big sweltering move. You remember when the demons got into the pigs? How many remember the story in the Bible? And the Bible said that the herd ran down into the water, fell off the cliff, and were drowned. Following they and them will get you killed. Following they and them will get you shot before 30. Following they and them will end your life before it ever begins. Following they and them will end your ministry before it ever begins. Following they and them will make you hurt people, not because you're a bad person, but belonging to a mob becomes more important than using your own brain to think for yourself with Common sense. And Jesus spoke to them and said, oh, can I preach this morning? Jesus spoke to them and he said, he that is without sin among you, then you be the first one to cast a stone. And he stooped back down and went to writing and left them to do something that I want to challenge you to do yourself this week is to think for yourself. Think for yourself. Come on, think for yourself. And the Bible said that when they fought for themselves, they got convicted. They were convicted. And that's a word that has left the church. We used to come to an altar. We used to pray for conviction to fall. And when conviction fell, revival began. Now we think revival is having a big name preacher who can hoop. I don't care whose name preacher you bring. If there's no conviction of your own, there can be no revival in your life. Conviction will bring transformation. God will convict you to deal with you. And as long as you have no conviction, you'll have no lasting transformation until you finally get sick of yourself. Oh, everybody else can be sick of you. But until you get sick of yourself and say, wait a minute, I'm better than this. I can do better than, I can live higher than this. You got to get to a point where you're sick of your own self. Instead of sniffing around everybody asking what stinks, it's you. You smell like Lindbergh cheese. Smeller's the feller. (laughs) They were convicted by their own conscience. There wasn't even a conviction of the Holy Spirit. This is a conviction that came through thinking. I think I'm wrong, they thought. I made some mistakes too. Hold up here. Jesus just said something. Whoever has no sin among you, but be the first. If I stone her, I'm stoning me. 
She might get stoned, but it won't be by my rock. It won't be by my rock. Because at this moment, I am conscious of my fallibility. I'm conscious of my humanity. I'm conscious. And isn't that what being spiritual is really all about? Didn't the Bible say if a brother in Galatians 6.1 that if a brother be overtaken with a fault, ye which are spiritual ought to restore that person in the spirit of meekness lest you also be tempted with the same thing. Isn't that what the Bible said? So every time you get ready to say something about somebody, you got to be conscious of yourself and remember where you were when you were living nasty and doing things secretly. Mm. If you're conscious of yourself, self will make you shut your mouth. Self will make you apologize. Self will make you give other people a chance, another chance. Self will make you cry out for mercy to God. Consider yourself, oh brother. Now, I didn't know that spiritual people had something to consider, but he said, ye which are spiritual, restore. Don't kill. Don't maim. Don't stone. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself. And Jesus is back down there in the dirt and one by one, they dropped their rocks. And I heard the Lord say to tell you this morning, some of you got some rocks to drop today. No, wait. I know you feel justified, Pastor. You don't know what they said. I know you feel you were wronged. I know they betrayed you. I know they never paid you back. I know they cheated on you. I know they broke your heart. I know they were wrong. But I also know that somewhere in your life, you've been wrong too. It's a hard word this morning. I need someone to get spiritual enough to, instead of shout, to drop it. I need the church to get spiritual enough instead of shouting and prophesying over one another, we drop our rocks. Just because you have a rock doesn't mean you have to throw it. I sense the presence of God in this place. God is saying to this body today, don't run with they and them. Don't act like they and them. Don't react like they and them. Don't accuse like they and them. Don't false accuse like they and them. Don't retaliate like they and them. Don't vote like they and them. Don't talk like they and them. Don't blame like they and them. Think, think, think. God is speaking to you right now. God is speaking to your heart. 
I want you to allow God to speak into the deep place of your soul. Will you allow God to penetrate past traditional mindsets, cultural mindsets, to become biblically mindset? To understand not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. Will you allow God to lift you above the mob of they and them? That you not be a person that holds on to rocks and throws rocks at people, but you be a person that lets God stoop down into your life. Stoop down into the dirty place. Stoop down into the uncomely place. Before you before you rail your accusations or your finger pointing at another brother or sister, I just know this is a message from God to this church today. I don't even have knowledge of anything going on. I just know that sometimes the Lord had me preach a message that's almost preventative maintenance to deal with the heart of people. We're in a time of uncertainty. This is not the time to run with they and them. This is not the time to leave a church during a pandemic when everything's uncertain, people are running here, there, and yonder. This is a time to root your feet down and remain planted so that the Holy Ghost can do his work. This is not the time to divorce your spouse, to have an affair. This is not the time to go crazy on the internet. This is not the time to run with the mob. This is not the time to post, retweet, and say things that a Christian should not adhere to. Oh, bless God, Pastor. No. Jesus said, you who are without sin, throw the first stone. Then he didn't even give him a chance to respond. He just knelt back down and stooped some more. I'm so thankful for the first stoop and the second stoop. He won't leave you like he finds you. He'll find you. He may even bring you out. Sometimes we have a tendency to go back. He goes and reaches us out again. He gets his hands dirty again. I said this word this morning because the Lord wanted me to remind the saints that you are not the ain'ts, you're the saints. You don't live like this world. You don't act like this world. You don't talk like this world. You are a Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, blood-bought, delivered child of God, sanctified and set apart, meet for the master's use. Please, church, return to the scriptures. Turn to the scriptures lest we make hypocrites of ourselves. The word of God would teach us to align ourselves with him. And this is what I found in all of my endeavor to live for God. There have been times that I've made stupid decisions. Things that the flesh 
would have had me do to tell somebody off or, or to say something about somebody that was inconvenient or to harbor a grudge. I don't know what it is that any of us in this room or those watching have ever done. Only God knows, but I am here to tell you that he is not here to condemn you. He is here to lift you up and to anoint you and to call you into his purpose. The Bible told us through Paul's writing in Galatians, you that are spiritual, if you see your brother overtaken with a fault, if you're a spiritual, restore them in the spirit of meekness. It's how you handle someone else is how you will be handled yourself. And heads are bowed for a moment. As a pastor, I know a lot of things about a lot of people. And integrity necessitates me not to reveal any of it. Because it's not my business to tell people's business. Nor is it yours. I'll go to the grave with things that I know about folks. But the Bible said that if you ask God to forgive you, he's faithful and just not only to forgive you, but to cleanse you. It's as if it never happened. That's God. I hate to tell you this, but I say it just to get you to think. I don't trust a lot of church people because we're flesh. Sometimes we don't know how to handle things correctly, but I trust him. I trust the Lord. I trust him when they bring accusation that he'll stoop down and write. Don't you let anybody talk about someone to you. You believe the best in everyone. Real covenant relationship says, I will talk with you, not about you. I will not entertain conversations about someone else unless they're standing in front of me with you. You know how to, you want to knock the devil's legs out from underneath him? Practice that. Think for yourself. Don't get swept up in the mob. Don't do what the internet's doing. Don't do what this group over here is doing or that group. Think for yourself. What would God have me to do? Holy Ghost, teach us. Holy Ghost, prepare us. I'm only doing this because this is how my people do. This is what we've always done. I'm here to tell you, don't run with they and them. Don't run with they and them. They and them brought the woman to Jesus, interrupted his meeting. They brought her condemned to the no, con no condemnation. The only one who said, in me there is no condemnation. If you're here this morning, perhaps there's been a struggle in your life. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's you've just gotten sideways with God. Maybe you've had a hurt and it's been hard for you to recover from it. I speak life over you right now. I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If you're lost without Jesus, hallelujah, I want you to commit your life to God right now. Nobody's looking but me. And I want to ask if you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. Slip your hand up and let me know that you, that I know how to pray. Thank you. I see you in the balcony. Thank you. Hands all over the balcony. Thank you. God bless you. Hands here on the main floor. God bless you. Thank you. I see you, sir. God bless you. Hands are raised. Thank you so much. I see you. I see your hands. I want everyone in this room for a moment to stand to your feet if you're able and I want you to lift your voice unto God and join me in praying. We've come to God this morning just as we are. 
We come to him with earnest plea. We come to him and ask him to forgive us of our sin. We come to him this morning and say that in the year of 2020, Lord, Bethel Family Worship Center, the people of this house, we will not pick up rocks. We will drop rocks. We will drop rocks. We're not here to condone sin. We're not even preaching that you can just live any way you want to live because there is a cost for sin. Sin will make you pay. But we're to say that as the people of God, we are not going to be self-righteous and point our bony finger at anyone else when we've got a lot in our own life that needs to be dealt with. And this is going to make religious people very upset that I'm preaching like this today. I was raised in tradition. I was raised in, I, I was always fearful that I wasn't even good enough to live for God. It wasn't until I understood the grace of God that He loves me. He loves you this morning. And if you ask Him to forgive you of your sin, the Bible said He's faithful and He's just to forgive your sin, to remove it, never to be remembered against you. It's our desire to see you walk, every person to walk in that belief every person to make a decision for themselves to call on Jesus he said whoever call on the name of the Lord they shall be saved today I want you to make that cry today repent of your sin and ask the Lord to forgive you ask him right now come on all over this building the Holy Ghost is moving right in your own heart personally you have that moment with God you have that moment with God Lord forgive me of my sin I believe in who you are. I believe you are the Christ. I believe you died for me, Lord, that I might live. I confess my sin to you. I ask you to lead my life, live in me. I give myself to you completely. I believe in you. I call on you, Jesus. You are my Savior. And I look to you. And as you're praying right now, everyone in this room, whoever it is, you're praying that prayer, whether you're first time coming to Jesus or you have backslidden and have been away from God, and you would say, I need you, Lord, I need you. That you would return to him at this moment of faith and ask the Lord to stoop down again. To stoop down again into your life. Father, there are many people praying this prayer across this place. Father, I thank you for salvation and I thank you for the sealed unknowing and affirmation of your spirit right now that my sins are forgiven the very moment that I asked you to cleanse me and forgive me of my sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, there are people who have made that step of faith and there are people that want to move on into believer's baptism to be baptized in water. And God, today we ask you to speak to every heart here to know the next step for their self, to know the next step for their life. God, today we confess that you are the Lord and we ask you, Jesus, to forgive us of our sin. Holy Spirit, do an inward work in us right now all across this place. Now I'm praying right now for healing. I'm praying for those that have been hurt, those that have been wounded. I'm asking you to take your hand off the rock that you've been holding and I want you to drop it physically. Just drop it out of your hand. And as you drop it out of your hand, I want you to lift your hand unto the Lord. Hallelujah. There's freedom coming right there. There's freedom coming. There's freedom coming. Hallelujah. 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 Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I will not be bound. I will not be hindered. I will not let this thing grip my life forever. I hold to you, Jesus.
Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center.